0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions, because it's time to dish the dirt. What? On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Hey, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I am Dean Holland (laughs) Uh, with Charlie Dahman. We are both in our respective home studios and I just can see her dancing away like the flowers. I'm giggling. I love
2: that music. It just makes me want (laughs) to (laughs) move.
1: Oh, wow! that's a
2: great start to The
1: Garden Show. Fabulous. How's your week been?
2: It's been excellent. Uh, boy, things are really popping. We did get a little bit of rain. Hallelujah. Not enough, yeah. but, you know, some is better than none. Yes. So instead of being parched yellow here, we're kind of pale green right now. Yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. of A uh, little bit of lawn greened up a bit. I mean, you've got to keep in mind that where I live, it's wide open, Pure sun, pure wind. You get into other parts of the county where you know the older, more established uh, trees and homes and deep soil, et cetera, and it's it's beautiful and lush and green. So um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful summer day here.
1: Yeah, we have had uh, much the same weather as well. We're maybe a little more sheltered on our property. We have a little bit more tree coverage. But, uh, yeah, uh, and we did get a good day of rain about, I'm going to say, about three days ago. Where we had a nice top up, and it just – because it, ra- it rained – or, sorry, it rained through the night, and it was yeah. great. But yeah. we could use some more still, I think.
2: Uh, oh, absolutely. I'm. Uh, you know what? We are on a well. <clears throat> and, of course, when you're on a well right. – It can really limit your ability to not only have showers and brush your teeth, but also to uh, water plants. So no matter how much I want to plant, 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 I'm always going, hold on, you don't have enough water to keep all this stuff alive. So it's a bit of a process because remember, until plants are truly established, we have to consistently water them. And when it comes to trees, that's four to five years of TLC when there's drought like this.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay,
2: let me give out those numbers
1: because uh, we would love for you to call with any of your questions, comments, uh, stories about how much rain you're getting where you are uh, in Toronto, 416-360-0740, or anywhere toll-free in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. And, of course, let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, and you will get your... Garden wings. There you go. Call often, call early. And one question per call, please, please, please. We do appreciate that. And, um, well, I guess we have to take our first break, but we will be back with much more on The Garden Show.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively
1: on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yes, this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and I'm Dean Holland, and i got to tell you, Charlie, we were up bright and early this morning, and uh, Gail and I uh, walked through our garden and just looked at, you know, things that were coming up, and, uh, you know, she was cursing the squirrels today, because one of her her late, it looks like a late-blooming allium, they, of course, bit it off right at the base and chopped it over, so...
2: That doesn't make sense. Uh, No squirrel in their right mind would bite an allium. Well, That's an onion.
1: Yeah, we think it's, we get a lot of rabbits around here. We get more rabbits than squirrels. So we were wondering, but yeah, they just, something bites it off and it was tipped over. It was like somebody cut down the tree.
2: I bet you they took one bite and went woo and, went, and ran yeah, away. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and what have you had on the like? You've got have you got things coming up? Any announcements before we um, go to our callers? Or?
2: The one I would like to mention is next Saturday. So, a week today, I yeah. am participating with the Trenton Horticultural Society. They meet at 61 Bay Street, which is a senior center in Trenton. There's a potluck dinner. Actually, there's a flower show, which is a competition, and then there is a potluck dinner, and then. I am part of the dinner, I'm part of the potluck uh, Anyone nice. can attend It's only $10 uh, for guests Or you can join the Trenton Hort Society And be a member for life
1: Well that sounds like a good thing I should. Yeah. We should do that yeah, I'm exactly. going to give those numbers out again uh, 416-360-0740 uh, It's a toll free number If you are anywhere other than Toronto Anywhere in the province of Ontario And that number is one 866 mm. 740-4740. Let's, um, let's go to our first caller. We have uh, Trudy on the line from St. Catharines, Ontario. Welcome to the Garden Show, Trudy.
3: Good morning, and welcome you guys as well. Um, good morning. Good morning. Unfortunately, we do not get much rain here in St. Catharines. You had rain, we get nothing. Um, so wow. two years ago, my front lawn died. Because um, oh. I know you're supposed to let it go dormant, but it, then it went dormant and it died. Is there something I should, like, is there a period of time where you need to start to water it again so it won't die?
2: Yeah, the window is six weeks. So a lawn, a a reasonably healthy turf lawn, should stay alive, even though it's dormant, because of lack of water for up to six weeks. But as soon as you get past that, you know, five and a half, six week mark, the plants start to die. Okay,
3: because mine's already gone dormant right now.
2: So. Yeah, which is fine. But, you know, watch the calendar, right? And that's oh, why we love garden journals. And and it's funny, if you do keep a journal and you track it year after year, it's so amazing the things that we, we think happened last year. And then we look and go, oh, no, actually, that didn't happen. So so track your rain, track when it happens or if you're having to water. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you so much. That's exactly what I need to hear.
1: Thanks fabulous. for calling. Yeah, thanks for the call, Trudy. Okay, uh, something. Something you said there, Charlie reminded me of um, of something rather unique i think uh if you're familiar with the uh, the Museum of dufferin uh in dufferin county it's a a beautiful museum that is i think it's been made out of a out of a barn or made to look like a barn and um and we used to pass through there of course my wife's family's from Hamilton and her mother grew up in laurel ontario and um And when we stopped in there, basically the story is that uh, her uh, great grandfather and his brother were both farmers in the Laurel area and they used to, one of them used to keep uh, like a diary, Mm -hmm. uh, which was and and that, uh, they started a a small farm implement museum which I understand really became the basis of the Museum of Dufferin and so all of my wife's uh, family archives are sort of in the the lower level of that museum. Uh, They were saying that he did a very odd thing for a male to do, a male farmer kept a diary and he kept uh, temperatures, weather conditions, rain patterns, all sorts of stuff. He kept it. So they have that apparently in the basement. And that goes back about 100 years. It's uh, pretty
2: interesting from an archival perspective because, you know, we talk about climate change and we talk about global warming and, you know, weather events. We don't have snowfall anymore. We have snow Megadon. So it, it is interesting to have that historical information to, to reflect back on.
1: Yeah, and I'd, I'd forgotten, we don't talk a lot about garden diaries, but I guess mm-hmm. they really are a good thing to keep. I, I don't know if you have uh, any tips on starting a garden diary or what kind of, how you, uh, is it very basic? or?
2: Yeah, well, you know, everybody's got different things they want to keep track of, but you can, there are garden journals. I mean, one of my favorites is one that's put out every year. Um, it's actually just out of reach, I think. Hold on, let me see if I can grab it because yeah, nope, I have it right here. It? Yep. I'm going to show it to you on camera. If we were in the studio right now, I would put this on the camera. Okay. It's called the it's actually called the Toronto and Golden Horseshoe Gardener's Journal. And this is published every single year. And it's available for sale online and at places like Indigo, etc. Toronto Botanical Garden. Um, the it, it, all, it was all started by Margaret Bennett Alder. It is an um, amazing resource. It's full of all kinds of sources, but it's also designed – it's changed over the years. Like back over the – back in the day when we used to take photos and you used to have pockets to stick all your photos Oh into. yeah. Yeah. So now, of course, it's not like that because we do all our photos digitally, but um, nevertheless, it is set up da- like with a daily journal and tips for every single week, tips of things to, to consider remembering to do, which we like to talk about here as well. So that's just one example. There's lots out there, but this I love this one because it's nice and light, it's easy to work with, and it's very sturdy. Fabulous. Okay,
1: we have to take our next break, but uh, we do have some callers on the line, so we'll get right to them as soon as we return here on The Garden Show
0: fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio
1: yes indeed we are back with the uh, with the garden show i'm dean holland and uh, charlie you are in prince edward county today and i am in collingwood and uh, we have some callers on the line. Okay, we're gonna go to Thornhill right now. We have uh, we have Ivan. Ivan, right. how are you? Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Dean. Um, good morning. big fan of the show and the Healing Gardens. I have a quick yes. question about uh, Xenia plants. Um, there's some bugs eating the leaves of my Xenia plants, but it's not touching the other plants. Um, right. Do you know exactly what that is and how do I get rid of it?
2: Have you taken a real close look to see if you can see anything?
4: I I have, but the leaves are practically gone and I cannot see any bugs on on the plant mm-hmm. at all.
2: So whenever I see, like zinnias, of course, we grow them in full sun, uh, you know, hot sunny the better uh but so whenever and so we never concern ourselves that it could be slugs because that you know slugs are shady based uh critters so whenever i see damage on plants that are in full sunny locations but no evidence of insects during the day i start to suspect earwigs earwigs do all their eating at night And uh, so what you can do is you put on a little headlamp and you go out and you surprise them in the middle of the night and see if they are there eating. They are not something because my point is if you don't see insects on a plant there's no point in spraying soap or or an insecticide because you're basically just wasting it. It's not going to kill anything. These insecticides or soap must contact the insects. So with earwigs, of course, we don't find that any of those insecticides work well at all. We set up traps for them, little earwig traps. Um, And that's just like a hollow piece of hose, empty hose, or hollow bamboo stake. Just something where they, because they hide during the day. They don't like the sun. You give them a nice little shady spot close to the zinnias to to hide out, and then go out during the day with a little bucket of water and lift up your hollow hose or or bamboo stake, tilt it up over your pail of water and bang on it and see if um, earwigs that are sleeping in the hotel you've set up for them all drop into the the pail or not. They should because that's where they will be during the day, wherever you provide a nice little shady spot for them. They are out during, during the night chewing.
4: Okay, is there a reason why they're targeting the zinnias and not, like, the hydrangeas or the daylilies?
2: I think they do have preferences. Uh, Many insects have preferences. Are these tall zinnias you're growing or short ones?
4: Um, They're both tall and short.
2: And so you feel like you have virtually no leaves left at all, but the flowers are okay? Some of the flowers, I'm seeing holes in them. Mm -hmm, Yeah, so that's why I even suspect. Earwigs, even more. I mean, because remember, at the end of the day, I mean, the leaves are nice and then the leaves are important for photosynthesis, but they're not nearly as important as the flowers. Because, of course, when we grow zinnias, we're wanting to grow, you know, little butterfly runways, not to mention bright, beautiful flowers. So, um, yeah, do everything you can. Make sure that the, the, Mm. you never know. Sometimes the zinnias might be stressed on some level, so they're sending out an invisible communication to insects saying, i'm in trouble you know i'm weak come and get me i'm under stress so you know it's not or they could just taste a lot better not many insects eat daylilies and hydrangeas it's pretty specific as well right. so i i would like to say i'd suspect your wigs but i would look after have you fertilized those zinnias at all
4: i have but they are in a little bit of shade so that's probably what's stressing them. Yeah.
2: Maybe. Um, Yeah, yeah. so maybe consider next year planting them, if you can, in a sunnier location. Or make sure they're far enough apart so that there's good air circulation because zinnias need to get that air happening as well.
4: Oh, that's great.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Have a lovely day. Thanks thanks
1: for the call, Evan. Okay, yeah. I mean, because that makes sense. Different bugs like different stuff. I mean, if I got up in the middle of the night, I, you know, I'd probably grab a hamburger. But you know, somebody else might have <laughs> a piece of pizza, right? Yeah, yeah. What I would see. you grab in the middle of the night? What's your What's your go to? What do you like to
2: snack on? Oh, I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> are you Are you Are you more of a sweet or a savory person? No, I'm a salt. I'm a salt. Expert yeah, me too. Yeah, or something. Yeah. So I'm just, just I'm so you a potato know, potato chip guy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Dean, just so you know, I, and if yep. um, I'm sure Evan is still listening. Um, Remember sometimes when we, it, it, the old stream of water, get out that hose, high pressure, or not, you know, uh, not so much high pressure, but yeah, you know, yeah. a good stream of water out of the hose and wash down those zinnias because there could be microscopic something or others on the plants. Could, you know, it could be something crazy. Like there's something, white fly, which of course are, horrible to have leaf miners which are typically inside the leaves but either way just a good sometimes a good scrub down with pure water can just freshen things up when plants are under stress yeah okay you know what
1: i know that i have an email in the bucket uh, about bugs but what, let's get to this caller first and then i'll i'll get that email ready for afterwards uh we have uh, uh zoe on the line from toronto uh welcome to the garden show zoe
3: oh hi thank you thanks for having me I, I just have a, a question. I heard a couple of uh, weeks ago, if you want to clear some um, weeds, etc., to use cleaning vinegar. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so, I, so I'm so i trying to get rid of, I think they're violets in a patch of uh, grass. So I did that. I, I killed them quite a bit of grass. But anyhow.
2: So <laughs> yeah, now, exactly.
3: So now, a couple of weeks later, if they're all coming back. I can just see little, little um, evidence of them all Uh, coming to life again. So um, I was just wondering, uh, how do I get rid of these violets?
2: Okay. So violets are very hard to get rid of, number one. They are, they've evolved over the centuries to survive all kinds of adverse conditions. Keep in mind that cleaning vinegar or any of vinegars as a herbicide to kill plants is non-selective. So vinegar of a high enough concentration will kill anything that it contacts, which is why you saw some death in your grass, but not so much death in the violets. Violets, the best time to try and control them is early in the spring when they're still young. The younger the weed, the younger any plant, the easier it is to kill. The, The leaves are just that much more susceptible to anything toxic on their leaves. So best time to, like I say, get violets is early in the spring. Frankly, one of the best ways to get rid of violets unfortunately, is to dig them, and digging them means getting all those See, what's amazing about violets is not only do they produce seeds above ground because, you know, from the flowers, but they also, the little, you know, (laughs) sneakers, produce seeds underground. So they are able to not only spread above ground, but also underground through their own uh, DNA and genetics. Um, Sneaky, sneaky plants. So hard to get get rid of. Uh, Digging them at this point. Solarizing, remember the idea of putting that tarp over top and weighing it down with rocks and just robbing them of light? That can work, but again, it's going to take three, four months to really kill violets because violets are just that tough.
3: Well, can just tell me this? So I'm digging this patch up, and we're going to put, uh, I think, part of them is going to be covered with rocks. So I thought mm-hmm. to myself, uh, they're, they look kind of um, short, they're not that tall, so will they? They won't come up through eventually through the rocks. Will they just eventually mm-hmm. die off? I. Or... Uh, they'll
2: come up between the rocks.
3: Yeah, but they're. Will they? They'll kind of. Yeah. um They can work their way between the rocks.
2: Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Nefarious plants. Thing. I can't tell you, I foolishly planted violets back at my Richmond Hill garden years ago, not realizing how invasive they can be. And before you knew it, of course, the entire neighborhood had violets. Um, and my lawn was quite infested as well. And I hired every teenager in both my family and neighborhood to come and dig violets at my house every spring. And we filled green garbage bags like crazy. And then I would oh. just sit in the green garbage bags in the sun and let them die. In Inside the bags because they're very hard to kill
3: well that's i've started to dig them up i've started to but it's an yeah. awful lot of oh it's hard digging oh, stuff. i thought I was just gonna i'm s- and put in.
2: Hi, hire your teenagers
3: <laughs> oh, <geez>. all right <laughs> it looks like it's a yearly job okay well thank you so much thanks okay for yeah
1: good, good luck with that yeah, yeah. That's, uh, i didn't realize that they oh. were uh, they were that uh hard to get rid of that's and, and seeds underground.
2: I didn't yeah, realize it even so possible. Sneaky. Yeah, exactly. It's a very unusual plant that it does that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, let's get to that. Oh, I'm going to give the numbers out
1: again. Uh, 416-360-0740 or uh, anywhere toll-free in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. We would love to hear from you. And um, we did get an email uh, from Kim. And she writes, uh, Charlie, it's been a few years since I've contacted you. I sent you an email a few years ago about crazy chipmunks (laughs) eating the bulbs in our gardens. Anyway, since then, we have been listening to your show and always get great tips. Okay, new problem. So some crazy insect is eating away at the leaves on my zucchini, squash plants, and cucumber. We have never had this before. Enclosed is a picture which she sent you. Uh, What are they and what do we do before they destroy anything that is starting to grow? Again, that's Kim. And uh, she says, uh, yeah, okay, there you go.
2: Yeah, so thanks, Kim. That's a great question, and it's a timely question because she's not the only one, I'm sure, who is looking out at their garden and seeing – massive holes and serious, you know, destruction of the cucurbits. So that's the squashes. the Like cucumbers are what we call a summer squash. Uh, zucchini, same thing. And then we get into our acorn squashes and butternut squashes, which are the winter squashes. And the insect that loves those is, believe it or not, called a striped cucumber beetle. And it's a great name because sure enough, they have stripes. They're yellow with black stripes. And they sometimes you'll see them with spots. But most usually here in Ontario, it's the striped ones that do the damage. Um, And they do. They'll eat flowers. They'll eat uh, and obviously affect your fruit production. They'll eat, you know, cause leaves to to be destroyed by eating them but the other thing they do that we don't like them for at all is they often carry a disease on their body and it's just a coincidence that when they're eating they share this disease it's called bacterial wilt and that's what causes the the particularly the cucumber plants to suddenly overnight just collapse right before your very eyes so they go from being green plants with you know cucumbers hanging on them few holes in the leaves and then one day the whole plant is just hanging completely wilted and you think oh it must need water but no it's because that cucumber in a um, beetle has provided this mm-hmm. bacterial wilt disease to your plants and and it's it's too late now unfortunately I mean we can get out there and it, it one of the recommendations is the yellow sticky traps many insects are attracted to the color yellow so um, the yellow sticky traps we can buy at our regular, you know, home hardwares, etc., are the ones called sticky sticks made by Safer. So sticky sticks, it's like fly paper, but it's yellow and sticky and insects get attracted and get stuck to the yellow stickiness. Um, you can try, they're hard to pick and squish, but you can, you put some newspaper or um, cardboard beneath the plants, give them a bit of a shake and all the beetles will fall down onto the, the cardboard or the newspaper. And then you quickly uh, tip them into uh, a, just a, a pail with a bit of water and a drop of oil or drop of soap. And that will cause them to drown. Um, a cool, here's a cool uh, tip I read, because they're hard to pick up, you put on yellow gloves because they won't see you coming because of the yellow gloves and you coat them in, in petroleum jelly. And then they're much easier to pick up, right? Because they'll just stick to the jelly, to the petroleum jelly. So, you know, craziness that way, it depends how much time you've got and desire to get out there and collect these little guys. But, Honestly, one of the best ways to deal with something like the, the cucumber beetle is with row covers. And row covers are just like a big big sheet of cheesecloth. There's different sizes of row covers and different densities. But what you need is you cover your seedlings, so back earlier in the season, with row covers. Uh, and that protects them from insects flying in and getting happy in your cucumber bed. But because cucumbers require insect pollination, you do have to take the covers off when they're blooming in order for pollination to take place. And then, um, you know, obviously the fruit will be set and then the covers go back on. So, you know, it's one of those in and out, up and down with your row covers, trying to protect, but at the same time trying to allow pollination by insects or you can hand pollinate as well.
1: A wow, long that story is that, for that a short is, answer. Yeah, no, but that's uh, very, as you say, some of this stuff is very involved. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, as you were saying that, whether the those yellow sticks that you're talking about, the sticky mm-hmm. sticks, mm-hmm. Well, is that something that is, rather than waiting until there's a problem, is it good to just sort of. Put those in your garden maybe at the start of the
2: season just to be on the safe side, or I don't know. Well, I mean, you could, but remember, there's lots of insects that we love and that are beneficial and we don't want to kill. So, you know. That's the issue whenever we do, whether it's a spray, like a non-selective spray insecticide that kills everything that it touches. We say to ourselves, well, but I don't want to kill lacewings and praying yes. mantids and ladybugs. There's and, yeah. lots of things we don't want to kill, but then there's things we do. So that's the challenge when it comes to any of these. And the sticky sticks are, again, non-selective. All insects love right. the color yellow.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, we have another caller on the line, uh, Nila, we're going to speak to, and it looks like Nila might be from uh, Meaford, is that correct? Welcome Hi. to the Garden Show, Neela.
5: Hi.
1: Hi. Is, is, is it from Meaford, yeah?
5: Yes, yes, that's, that's Neela from Meaford, ah. um, and um, um, I just want to ask uh, Charlie a couple of questions, if she has a moment. Am I allowed to ask a One question. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. One question is fine. <laughs> oh, just one. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, then I'll start with geraniums. I have a problem. Um, they seem to lose their leaves uh, constantly. They get yellow. And my husband says that I watered it too much. Um, I say not enough. Um, oh. <laughs> what would you suggest?
2: Okay, so that's, I love that. I hear I'm doing some marriage counseling. Talk (laughs) to me about where, are the geraniums in full sun, meaning six hours of sun every day?
5: It gets that.
2: Yes. Are they in pots or the ground? Sorry, I didn't catch that.
1: Hello? Mila, are they they in pots or in the ground, huh? Yes,
2: yes, they are in pots. And pots. Okay, so are they huge, big pots or little pots? Um, Medium size. Okay, and how often are you watering?
5: Uh, About every four or five days.
2: Oh, are there drainage holes in the pots? Yes. Oh, when you water, does the water go right through and out the drainage holes? Okay, and are there saucers, or do you, you allow that water to, to go through?
5: a pot inside a pot.
2: Okay. Um, all right, so at watering pots, medium-sized pots that are in full sun every four to five days does not sound like too much water. What could be happening is, are they planted into potting soil, or did you take garden soil and put it in the pots?
5: Um Whatever came with the geranium, I added potting soil to, okay. into a bigger pot.
2: Okay, perfect. And have you fertilized at all?
5: Uh, yes. I've oh. done that uh, once every two
2: weeks or so. Oh, that's not bad. And you're mixing up the blue stuff and watering with that? Yes. That's right. Huh. All right. So it sounds to me like you're doing everything right not wrong. Now, if you're if you're concerned because honestly, my potted plants that are in full sun in this weather, I've been watering them like every day. So it could be like you know what you need to do is maybe get one of those it's called a moisture meter. It's a little uh, just a little gizmo you can pick up at your local canadian tire or whatever and it's got a probe and you stick the probe into the soil and it tells you how much moisture is in the soil down four or five inches so further than we can stick our fingers if the if you're finding that your moisture meter says that the soil is bone dry after only two or three days then i would water more often and remember too that potting soil when it dries out it's based on a lot of either peat moss or core, which is a fibrous material that shrinks when it's dry. So if your potting mix or if your container mixes that are in your pots get so dry that there's, it's shrunk, right down and there's actual spaces between the soil mixture and the walls of the pot it can be really hard to saturate the soil. What happens is the water just runs right through oh. <clears throat> so you get out a stick or a fork okay. Okay. <clears throat> excuse me and you mix the soil around mm. before you water and water slowly water you know two or three cups walk away for half an hour come back with two mm. or three more cups. Just um, keep watering, watering until problem. the soil I swells all at out Okay Okay. All right. That, so that could be what's going on. Is you, You're so dry that the water you're adding isn't having an impact. Because geraniums are pretty tough and they do handle dry conditions, but what you're doing sounds fine otherwise. Mm. All
5: right. Well, okay. Thank you. I'm are welcome. Continuous.
2: Thanks for the call. Um, so I had Thanks for the call,
1: r- Mila. I'll talk to you again, okay? I
2: think Neela was a first time caller, you know.
1: I, I don't Mila remember was, her I, voice. No, and I'm going to give her the bell and actually. It, the name was written there wrong because I recognized Mila's voice as soon as she called. She used to be our neighbor right across the street. Oh, and my. So <laughs> she moved to me. Yeah, Frank and, Frank and Mila. So I know exactly who yeah. we're talking. So I'm going to give, me, I'm gonna give uh, Mila the bell. <laughs> there she goes. There you go. You got your first She's time got wings. It. There you go. You got wings. We have to go to a quick break, mm-hmm. but we will be back with more right here on The Garden Show.
4: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweetwilliams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin,
1: exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yes, we are back with more on The Garden Show, and the lines all of a sudden started to light up like wildfire. It was like fireworks. So we are going to go right to one of those callers. We've got Josie from Toronto waiting on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Josie.
5: Yes, good morning. Um, I want to ask you about rhubarb. Now, I've, um, I've taken all the rhubarb stalks that I've wanted, and I'm not going to pick the rest because some of them are very small and spindly. Should I leave the stalks standing, or should I pull them out?
2: Oh, the stalks leave them, yep. No, let the plant grow. The the more you allow it to grow for the rest of the summer, the bigger it will be next year.
5: Okay, so leave the stalks and leaves as they are.
2: The leaves. If you want to remove the flower, you could definitely do that. Do you have a flower coming up? Yes, they were earlier. Oh, okay. I mean, you can remove flowers because, remember, a lot of energy goes into flower production and seed production. So we grow rhubarb for the leaves. When you see the flowers, it's like basil, right? We remove the basil flowers when we see them. Same thing Mm -hmm. with rhubarb. Remove the flowers, leave the leaves. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you, Okay. Thanks for for calling. calling. Yeah, thanks for the call
1: there, Josie. Okay, going to dive right into the next caller there, okay? Uh, Dan from Brampton is our next caller on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Dan.
6: Hi, Charlie and Dean.
1: Hi. Morning. Hey there. Yeah, morning. Uh, I had a question about tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess every year I buy, you know, the tomatoes that are pre-grown somewhere, and I always trust the tags that's in them. Uh, This year, the my tomatoes, which had were tagged as beefsteaks, ended up being as Roma tomatoes. Oh, they don't slice and eat quite as nice as
2: beefsteak tomatoes. (laughs) So take them to Dean. He loves Romas. (laughs) I'll
1: (laughs) take all the Romas you can give me, there, Dan. Okay. Yeah. Oh, actually, Dan, I was talking to you yesterday. Oh, we were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We you you play you played a tune for my dad. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, I've been filling in for uh, for Daniel Vanukovsky on the new classical FM, the sister station. So uh, yeah, I was there. I, I, I remember absolutely talking to you. We played Sweet. the uh, we played the march past. There you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Multitaskers. So, so is, there, is, is there a way of
1: telling, looking at a tomato plant, what it is or isn't? No. No, (laughs) no,
2: and that's not until it starts to set the fruit. They all look the same. I mean, they don't look exactly the same. There are some differences because remember, some tomatoes grow really tall, like beefsteaks, and they're what we call indeterminate. And then some tomatoes stay short, like patio or tiny tim, and they're what we call determinant so the there is a difference in the growth habit in that sense but you really don't know exactly what the tomatoes are till they start to ripen and oh. you're right in the stores sometimes it's a they messed up back at the nursery but sometimes it's just small children in stores move things around yeah. oh, including yeah, yeah. tags and tomatoes uh yeah. i blame the small children it could be anybody but um uh you know what your best way to grow the tomatoes you want to grow is grow them from seed and then you know exactly what you're growing I was thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's and they're the not that hard to happens. grow. First we'll t- we happened. talk about it every year, round about the third week of March, on the show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, uh, and yeah.
1: okay. And actually, and actually I like told you what was that? thanks yeah thanks for the question Dan and uh, and like I said, yeah, you get any of those Romas you want to get rid of just to, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say throw them my way but that would maybe no. be messy. so
2: you have to go to Brampton <laughs> to pick them up, I think
1: I do yeah I do <laughs> I love romas and uh, uh, because I love to make my own sauce for uh, tomato sauce just your pasta or pizza. I make yeah. my own pizza sauce. Uh, I guess San Marzano is the is sort yeah. of the, one of the go-to the best, yeah.
2: sauce uh, tomatoes to use. Okay, but let's take. I'm a, a big fan of slicing tomatoes. You know the yeah. big steaks or the ones I'm growing this year called Primo Red. I had great okay. success with them last year, and so far, oh, I must have you know 150 tomatoes on four plants right now. Oh so. my goodness! Yeah, wow. and they're going to be they're still green, of course, but they're starting to show a little bit of orange. Oh,
1: so wow. no! Will you, will you you won't make sauce with those? Will you?
2: No, no, we just eat them like apples. <laughs>
1: yeah, wow. Okay, well, you know, again, if you have any leftovers, I'll take them. So I get it, you know.
2: Woo-hoo. Bit of a trip to come get them.
1: Yeah, there you go. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we have more callers on the line to get to. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin,
1: exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, welcome back to the Garden Show. Got to tell you, Charlie, that little intro has resonated mm. with me today because I hear that thunder and the rain, and I thought, oh, that would be nice right <laughs> about now. now. Sure. It sounds like there's a lot of places in the province that are on the dry side.
2: I think you're right. It's another yep. one of those dry summers or Very dry soon. Julys. I think we, we'll get some rain eventually.
1: Yep. Okay, let's go to uh, Carol on the line. Uh, Carol is calling from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Carol.
2: Good morning.
7: I'm calling morning. about my... Um, small orchid um it did well it had little flowers and so forth and what i do charlie is uh i give it about six ice cubes uh once a week i don't think you agree with that do you from the well past? i just I'm think it's a
2: bit cold yeah I, if, <laughs> if i was an orchid i wouldn't like it it's just they're, they're tropical plants and ice cubes are arctic <laughs>
7: Well, you know what? A big uh, a sprout came right up. It's got one, two, three, four. It's got four big leaves that it came with. And nice. now I've got a lovely green leaf that's come right up the middle. Yeah. Um, but the flowers are gone. So my question is, um, these little branches that the the flowers were on, do I leave them or do I trim them back?
2: Are the little branches green or brown? Green. Leave them until they're brown. You could be amazed to find that more flowers will emerge from those green flower stalks. Okay. Okay. So just leave them till they're brown. It'll, little, one way or the little, other. More little, flowers will uh, come, or they they'll turn brown. Go ahead. Sorry.
7: No, I just see all the little little uh, uh, areas where the uh, the flowers have fallen off. Uh, it looks like a cacti plant right now. With
2: all yeah. The little no, that's normal. Yeah, it's okay. From those little spiky bits, where you see the little spiky bits, those are nodes, and another branch can grow from the branch, which is always interesting, and it can happen quite unexpectedly. And your orchid sounds very happy, so it certainly could happen.
7: Yeah, it does. It does seem happy, except um, I, I think flowers sometimes take years to come back, from what I've heard. No. Not really. No,
2: if you, it sounds like you're doing a good job. You're getting new growth, new green yes. growth, which is important. So expect it to flower. Orchids will flower quite cyclically, I find. They'll flower at least once a year, but often flower all year if you can provide the right conditions, because the flowers last for months.
7: Yes, okay. Well, it looks like it's in a good spot, and it, as I say, it's got lots of greenery on it. So, all right, good. thank you very much, and, uh, and yeah. I enjoy your show immensely, and uh, have a great weekend.
1: Thank you, you too. Thanks. Yeah, you too, Carol. And uh, maybe call back in the fall and let us know how your orchids are doing. I would be curious to know. Um, we have one last caller on the line. We have Maureen from North York. Welcome to the Garden Show, Maureen.
6: Oh, Good morning, Charlie and Dean. I have a tree question, Charlie, and I know you'll be able to answer it since you've planted so many trees. Uh, as part of the city tree planting program, Last week, I got a Northern Catalpa. Now, uh, it's about seven feet high. Apparently, they come around occasionally to water it. But here in North York, we've had hardly any rain for like six weeks. So I was wondering uh, how often if I should supplement that and water it myself.
2: Definitely, yes. Maureen, do not trust them. They are unlikely to show up when at all. <laughs> like, just don't rely on them at all. Instead, mm-hmm. um, remember, mm-hmm. so here's the deal. You want a, a brand new seven-foot planted tree that's obviously been staked and planted properly. It should receive anywhere from 10 to 15 gallons of water every week wow. if there's no rain. Okay. So 10 to 15 gallons, well... Yeah. Even just work with 10. So your average pail that we use, you know, like when we're washing the floor or, you know, with a pail of water, those are two gallon pails. So you want about five pails of water. And you don't want to just slosh it on the plant. Hopefully, there's a bit of a bowl around the plant. There should be yeah. mulch not touching the stem or yeah. the bark, but in a nice sort of a donut around the plant. And what you'll do is you'll pour water into that donut at the base of the the trunk of the of the tree, and you'll wait till that all percolates down through the soil before you pour another uh, pail of water. And and just put it on your calendar. It's one of those things that you know you you might want to put two or three pails every two or three days, or you might want to put five pails in one day, but roughly 10 gallons per week if there's no rain, and particularly if it's hot and windy.
6: Okay. But i am just say I'm delighted with this tree. I'm so happy. I think it's a wonderful program.
2: It is, and a catalpa is a great tree. It grows quickly. It's got beautiful big leaves, wonderful flowers but you might not like the the big pods that are there later <laughs> the the fruit. <laughs> oh, well, you
6: know what, Charlie? I am a big tree lover. And yeah, I uh, so you know and I don't have a tree in the front. So oh, uh, I have trees in the back but not in the front. So I am just totally delighted it can drop pods or whatever it wants.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it'll give you well, nice I'm privacy soon because be it's flowers. a very, it's That's a lovely. quick growing tree. Yeah, great. Okay. Good for you, Maureen. Take care. And, and just one thing I, w- I would add is that when I'm talking about 10 gallons of water every week, I'm talking about July. Once we get into September, October, the temperature is dropping, the water requirements go down. So of course, we don't maintain that 10 gallons as we get into winter. But then again, we don't stop watering entirely either. So it becomes a bit of a cut back on your water based on temperature and weather conditions till freeze
6: oh. up. Okay, thank you okay. so much, Charlie. Oh yeah,
2: thanks. Yeah, uh, thanks again for the
1: call, Maureen. Always nice to hear from you. Exactly. Um, I, <clears throat> just want you to know that I have my uh, I have my scone recipe that was requested. I have it in. I
2: was going to ask you because yeah. last week Jacqueline called and yes. she said, "Give us that recipe for lavender scones." It yeah, sounds lev- delicious. Yeah,
1: my lev- lavender lemon oat scones. You got Ooh, it, so- baby. So, now you need to direct me as to how to get these to Jacqueline and anybody else who's interested.
2: Well, remember that this show is podcast, and uh, I always write a little preamble about the show that goes onto the a m seven forty website mm-hmm. telling people what the podcast is about. So I would just ask anybody who wants to see this recipe. It won't be available till probably Wednesday this week, so coming up, you know, July, whatever that is, uh, and you'll be able to go to AM740, go to podcasts, go to the garden show, go to all the 15 years of garden shows that are in the archives, but the most recent one on this date will say, check out the lavender scone recipe, and I will have it right there in that story.
1: Got it. And so, in the meantime, that gives everybody a few days to get some lavender. So that they're going right. to need about a half cup.
2: Uh, anything else special that we need to have?
1: Um,
2: lemon. You said lemon.
1: Lemon. Yeah, lemon zest. You know, I think everything else is pretty standard for the pantry. But yeah, lemon zest, a couple of tablespoons, and and, uh, and lavender. Yeah.
2: But lavender flowers or lavender leaves? Lavender flowers. Oh, there you go. Lavender flowers. Yeah. All right. The flowers there right you in. go. Looks looks pretty.
1: Looks Beautiful. pretty. It tastes good. Love, it's fragrant. We, the whole bit.
2: We love edible edible plants, edible flowers yep. particularly. Hey, thanks, Dean. That sounds like a lot of fun. So we'll be looking for that recipe. Thanks to our great callers. Couldn't do the show without some of these great questions and tips. Thank you, Carlos. See you all again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.